Have your Bibles join me in Ecclesiastes, chapter number 11. Ecclesiastes there in the Old Testament. And I want to share with you a message kind of geared to the children, the teens, and the young at heart, if you could put it that way, if you want to describe yourself as such. It's called this, Ageless Advice for the Young. Ageless Advice for the Young. Teenagers, I want you to listen up, especially, if you will, college age too. This is right down the alley for you. It's a message certainly for all of us and great truth and principle. But as we're gathered together as a church family tonight, I, I want to share my heart and share a little bit from the book of Ecclesiastes and, uh, with us tonight and uh, see a message from the, uh, the wisest man that ever lived, certainly Solomon as he wrote this, and yet even though he knew better, he didn't heed his own wisdom. It's a great reminder. You and I may grow up in church. You and I may uh, know Bible verses. We, we may know truths, but if we don't use them, if we don't meditate on them and then apply them to our lives, it really does us no good. And uh, I've been asked the question many times over, well, how, how can someone grow up in church? How can they grow up in a, a decent family, if not a godly family, and then go astray? Well, the reality is the old sinful nature, unless you uh, make that wisdom your own, make it personal, it, it cannot change you. It, it cannot help you. It cannot control you even in that sense. And so uh, we see that in the life of Solomon. He gives some great advice. And yet he didn't heed it himself sometimes in his own life. And so we'll see that play out even this evening, okay? I want to share with you real quick and uh, should be just really quick and concise, but I think also powerful if we'll get a hold of it. There's four imperative statements. You remember what an imperative statement is. It's a command. Do this. An exhortation uh, to, to action, if we'll put it that way. And so we're going to find four imperatives here in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And teenagers, can I tell you, young adults, children even, these are four commands from God through Solomon that need your action right now. They need your attention while you are young. Uh, it's, it's an imperative that Solomon says, listen, when you're young, when you're in your childhood, in fact, he mentions the term childhood within the passage we'll look at. He says, listen, when you're a child, when you're a teenager, when you're a young person in your youth, you need to do these things. Take this advice. Put these things into action. It's an action for right now. Why is that so important? Because later on, it may be too late, and you'll have a life full of regrets. You'll have a life where you wish you could go back and redo it. And young people, can I tell you, you certainly have heard at times testimonies from some in our church, and certainly if we were able to give a mic around and pass it around and ask people to be transparent, ask people to be honest, they could say, oh yeah, I wish if I could have it all uh, to do all over again, I'd change this in my life. I, I would have done this when I was younger. I would have made this decision. I, I would have made this choice. I would have gone down that path. I wouldn't have done this. And boy, we could pass that mic around and probably all of us could say there's something that I did when I was younger that I, I wish I hadn't have done. And Solomon is right in that group. So tonight, would you listen to Solomon? More importantly, would you listen to the Lord? He has four imperatives for you to take to heart while you are young. A child, a teenager, a, a young adult, a college student. The first is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and in verse number 9. We'll read just the first part, if you will. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse number 9. Notice it. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Okay? You'll notice real quick, all four imperatives start with the letter R. So the first one is simply this. 
rejoice. Let's say it together. Here we go. One, two, three. Rejoice. Okay? We're commanded rejoice in the days of thy youth. I love that statement by Solomon. Okay? It's really a statement not just from Solomon, but from our creator, the God of heaven. Young person, can I tell you, God in heaven wants you to enjoy being a child, being a teenager, being a college student, a young adult. God says here, rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let your heart bring you cheer. In other words, enjoy it. Why? Because childhood is a time of fun, joy, happiness. There's an innocence in it. There's a naive enjoyment of life. Simple things just thrill your heart. Don't you love the enthusiasm of children? They get so excited. Boy, Christmas we just went through, and boy, children just get so excited over Christmas, don't they? All the little aspects of it. Hey, do you still remember being a child? Do you remember being young and just getting excited? Do you remember how the simplest thing could bring you joy? How many of you, like me, you could play with a stick for hours on end and have fun? It could be a sword. It could be a gun. It could be all kinds of things. And boy, you could just go out and have fun. The simplicity of childhood, the fun, the happiness, the joy of childhood. That's what Solomon is alluding to here. Don't, don't let it pass you by. Enjoy your childhood. Rejoice in childhood. The lack of responsibility sometimes. The innocency. The, the joy of the small things. The simple things. He encourages you to live out your life of merriment. Joyfulness. You know what I might like about children? Teenagers often. The optimism. The optimism, the anticipation of things, the, the excitement over the smallest of things, okay? Um, I mean, they can get excited about going to McDonald's. Isn't that crazy? They can get excited about uh, a favorite little piece of candy. They can get excited about a candy cane like we did on Sunday night, this past Sunday night. And they can get excited about the smallest of things. And I, I like what Solomon says here. Man, rejoice in your childhood. Take joy in it. There's a lot of blessings. Certainly not everyone has the most idealistic upbringing and childhood, but the reality is you and I can rejoice in that. I would dare say that many of our happiest moments were from when we were children. Think back, and you know, oh, that was such a, a happy time, a less complicated, less responsibility, less this and so forth. One of our happiest times. Far too many of us, we allow growing old, don't miss this, older saints, don't miss this. Far too many times, too many of us allow growing old to steal our joy, our merriment, and our optimism. And how, how that's true. But the older we get, we lose that merriment. We lose that joy. We, we, we lose our optimism. And boy, we see everything kind of shaded. We see everything as a, from a cynical standpoint, maybe much like Solomon here. And we kind of lose that enthusiasm for the things of life, the simple things. That's why I like the, the point that Solomon's making here. Rejoice in the days of thy youth. And all that that encompasses. That's a good warning to the, uh, those of us who are older. God, just encourage you, don't rain on your child's parade with your pessimism. Oh, that'll never work. Let your kid try. Let him enjoy just the, the simplicity of life, trying to make something. Out. I catch myself doing it. The older I get, oh, that'll never work. I'll try that before. And, boy, we can rain on their parade. And can I also encourage you, the reality is this, don't lose your merriment and joy. Enjoy the excitement of life. Get excited about the little things again. Don't, don't lose your joy. 
Now, our ultimate source of joy, obviously, we've preached on it, we've talked about it many times, is Jesus Christ, our relationship with him, and all that we have in Christ, and our relationship with God Almighty. Certainly, that is the ultimate source of joy. But can I tell you, the God of heaven who brings joy also created life and wants you to find joy in life. Even the little things. So it's a good challenge to you and I, even as though we are older, is to uh, don't lose our merriment and our joy, our enthusiasm for life. Let children enjoy, and the younger people, the simplistic joy and happiness of childhood. I like that the, what he says here, let thy heart cheer thee. You know what he simply saying? Be glad, be happy, be excited. Yeah, have some enthusiasm about all that is life in your childhood, and allow your heart to be carefree and enjoy the simplicity of life, okay? Let, let me give a practical application here, okay? Do you realize that there's just too many children in the world uh, who wish away their childhood by wanting to be older? You remember being a child and wanting to be older? I, I can't wait to be a teenager, children will often say. Then it's, I can't wait to have my first phone. Then I can't wait to drive. And the older ones of us say, you know not what you ask, right? I can't wait to get to college. I can't wait to get married. And before you know it, can I just tell you what I do? I've told my children this before. Don't wish away your life. Don't wish it away. Because you are at a stage in life, in childhood, and being a teenager, and and being a college age, young adult, you you don't want to wish away. Embrace the stage that God has you in right now and rejoice in your youth. Rejoice in being a child and all that that encompasses. See, the reality is we have too many children that wish away their childhood by wanting to be older, while we have too many older people who wish away or wish they were young again with the knowledge they now have. Boy, if I only knew what I know now back then. If I only knew, if I only knew then what I know now, how different it would be. So can I just encourage young people today, live your childhood. Don't wish it away. Enjoy the stage of life that God has you in now. Rejoice in where you are. Now that's a principle that all of us can apply. Rejoice in your old age. Rejoice in your middle age. Rejoice in where God has you. Did God make a mistake and allow you to live to an older age? Did God make a mistake and allow you to go through what's called middle age and the busyness of this life? And Does God make a mistake? Well, no, God doesn't make mistakes. His timing is, is always perfect, as we saw on Sunday. So therefore, rejoice in where God has you, whatever stage that is. Let him grow you to the next and take you to the next. Enjoy, young people, the carefree time of life, the reduced responsibilities, the the fun and excitement of being a child. It will be gone before you know it. So make the most of it. Children, enjoy it. Rejoice in your youth. But there is a warning in the middle of it. As psalmist says, okay, I want you to rejoice in your, let your heart cheer you up and just be excited and joy, enthusiasm about everything that is being a child or being a teenager or being a young adult. Boy, get excited about it, but there's a warning that he attaches to it. Look with me, if you will, at the rest of the verse in verse number nine or in the middle part. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Notice what he goes on to say. And walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. Now, it's an interesting statement here. It is literally the cynical side of Solomon kind of coming to the surface. The statement is really dripping with regret and painful bitterness, if we might put it that way. 
Why? Because Solomon has done exactly what he says here. Because he says, listen, hey, uh, you walk in the ways of your own heart, and if you do what, you, what seems right to you in your own eyes, uh, that didn't work out too well for him. So what does the Bible say about our own way? In other words, what does the Bible say about the outcome when one does what is right in one's own eyes? Well, it's interesting. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says this. There's a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of, what's the next word? Death, destruction, ruin. Uh, It's going to fall apart. And I love the statement here. There's some interesting verbiage, and specifically the verbs in here, speaking about all of man's different ways and all the ends of those different ways all end up at one place. Destruction, death, ruin. The wrong ending if we're looking for a happy ending to the story. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man. What's interesting is, you know who wrote this verse? Solomon. The same one who is writing Ecclesiastes. And he understands, and there's a reason why he says, be careful, and he, he says, eh, just kind of follow your heart, and we hear that a lot today in, in our world, and I do that which is good in your own sight. He, he's kind of saying it cynically because he knows what comes next, and he'll, he'll share that with us. He'll kind of shine the light on it for you and I. But there's a warning here. He's pointing out it will not end well when we go our own way, though you may not see the end yet. It will not end well when you do what is right in your own eyes, though you may not be able to see the conclusion of the matter now. You see, Solomon had lived without any thought of consequence, any thought of being held responsible or accountable for his decisions. And so that leads him to the next command. The first one is what? Rejoice. Rejoice in your youth. Number two, he gives us a second imperative, retain retain okay what does he mean by attain well let's read it okay let's back up here retain ecclesiastes in uh, chapter 11 verse 9 notice the rest of the verse 9 but know thou retain it okay retain this knowledge but know thou that for all these things god will bring thee into judgment god will bring thee into judgment here's where he is setting up or what he has set up by those last two statements follow your heart do what was right in your own eyes but You better know, you better remember, God will judge you. If we could put it this way, you see the simple word here. Retain the knowledge that God is your judge and you will in one day stand before him. It is a sobering thought. Because here's a truth, and young person, I would encourage you, you ought to take this to heart. You ought to write it down somewhere where you will look at it often. This simple truth. You may be able to live however you want but you can never escape answering to God for all that you do. You may be able to live however you want. You may be able to make choices and kind of throw off the restraints of God and the restraints of your parents, and you you may be able to live unto yourself, and in your free will, you may be able to do that. But my friend, you'll never escape answering to God for all that you've done. Solomon has come to the end of his life. He says, listen, you need to rejoice in your youth. It is a great time. You ought to enjoy it. It it ought to thrill your heart. You ought to maintain and cling to that joy and the simplicity of childhood. And even as a teenager, enjoy that your parents take care of you. They provide for you. You don't have the, the, the responsibilities, the pressures, the burdens of adulthood. Enjoy it. But as you're enjoying it, do not forget everything you do 
you'll give an answer to God for. Solomon is looking back in his life and he's come to the realization there's a whole lot that I have done, a lot of choices I've made, a lot of actions I've committed that I do not want to answer to God for. But I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. You see, friend, the reality is there are some teenagers who need to get a hold of this truth this evening. You may think that you can live without consequences. Mom and dad don't catch you. Teachers and others in authority, they don't see what you do. They don't know what you are doing. So you do whatever you feel like. You do whatever you want. But Solomon is reminding us, God will always hold you accountable for all that you do. Always. Every action, every choice has consequences. He says, no, you need to know this. In other words, you need to retain this knowledge. Don't let it flee. Don't ever forget. I don't care if you're 3, you're 13, you're 23, you're 33. Don't forget. Retain the knowledge that God is going to judge all that you do. Retain the knowledge in your heart and your head every moment of every day of your childhood. You will get away with nothing. Nothing. Now, can I tell you? Most of us as parents know the look in the eyes of our children when they think they've gotten away with something. You ever have your child come out of the bathroom or come out of the kitchen or come out of some room and they have that look and you know, uh-oh, what'd you do? What have you been up to? And it's funny because their mouth says nothing. Their face says, I'm in trouble because I was up to something. You see it. You can read it completely. You know, the reality is we can sometimes think as a child, as a teenager, well, mom and dad didn't see what I did on my phone. Mom and dad didn't see what I did in my room. Mom and dad didn't know this. They didn't see this, and I could kind of hide it. And You as a parent ever find something later on, like a couple days, a couple weeks later, where your kid maybe did something and they hid it somewhere? Under a couch, in a cabinet or something? I told you before, I didn't, at the supper table, I didn't like to eat peas, so I thought I'd get away with it by hiding it under my plate. The problem is you clean up the plate at dinner time. You're sure your sin will find you out. Now, young person, it is easy to think you'll get away with it. You're the exception to the rule. Boy, I fooled mom and dad. I fooled my teacher. I fooled that authority in my life, and they didn't catch me. I'm going to get away with this. Listen to me. You will never, never get away with anything. God will judge it. Here's Solomon. He, he thought for some time early on in his life he was going to get away. Not like God said, don't do this, don't do this. And Solomon said, I want to do this. And he allowed his heart to stray, and, and he thought he got away with it. Life was hunky-dory for a little bit. He gets to the end of his life. He, saw, he sees some of the consequences, and uh, he experiences some of the fallout of the choices he made back then. And now he's writing to you and me. He says, listen, don't do as I did, do as I say. Because I had the wisdom of God, but I rejected it. I rebelled against it. And now I'm looking back, and there's consequences, and I did not live like God was going to judge everything I've done. So he challenges you and I to make sure we live in light of that. (laughs) The fact is this. You live life according to your own wishes, what you think is good in your own eyes, and that's why he starts that out. He goes from cheer your own heart to, hey, just follow your heart. Just whatever you see to do, and it looks good in your eyes, you do it. Then he adds that conjunction, but you better be aware. You're going to live like that. You'll give an answer for everything you do. 
How did Solomon put it? He says, for all of these things, all these things you do, you will be judged by the God in heaven. If you lie, you're going to be judged. If you cheat, if you talk back to your parents, if you disobey them, if you say the wrong things, you watch the wrong things, you talk about the wrong things, you're mean, you're unkind to someone else, all these things and everything else you will be judged for by God. And my friend, it's not a pretty thought. But it's a warning from a man who let his heart go astray from God and who is now living the consequences in life. Regrets, sorrow, disappointment. And so he says, rejoice in your youth. Enjoy it. Be thankful for the the time that you were a child and the innocency and the simplicity. But while you enjoy it, rejoice. Retain the thought. Don't forget. Know that you will stand before God and you will give an account for all that you have done. And it leads him to give us the next bit of advice. Look at verse 10, if you will, with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Therefore, here's our next R word. You see it, Solomon's given these to us. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. I love that statement. Okay? Sometimes Solomon's hard to understand and where he's going and his cynicalness uh, to it and, and cynicism, I should say, to it and so forth. This is experience speaking again. The word is simply remove, okay? So uh, we see the, the, the progression. Rejoice in your youth. Retain the knowledge of God as your judge. And then number three, remove. What are we to, to remove? Well, Solomon's looking back over his own youthful days, his, his own life, and he's admitting to you and I, because he did not do this, and now his heart is what? Full of sorrow. He's saying, I, I didn't do what was right. I, I didn't do the things that I recommended to you. And so now my heart is full of sorrow. You ever meet a bitter person? Ever meet a, a sorrowful person lacking complete joy and happiness? And they've looked back and they could tell you, I've made so many wrong choices. I've made so many wrong decisions in my life. I, I have failed to do what God would have me to do. And they are full of sorrow. That is Solomon. He's telling us that he, though God gave him wisdom beyond any other man, he lived out the old cliche. You may have heard it before. It says this, too soon old and too late smart. Too soon old and too late smart. Caught on too late. I realized the truth way too late. You see, he had lived in such a way that sorrow now fills his heart. His ways were wrong, they were sinful, they were wicked in their evil. And so simply stated, he didn't do right. He didn't give or didn't live his life the way he knew he should live it. He ignored the very wisdom that God had given him that he possessed. Young person, listen tonight. There are two paths before you. Two paths. And every decision you make, even while in childhood, as a young person, as a teenager, as a college-age young person, every decision you make will decide and determine which path you follow. What are those two paths? The one path is the, is the path of no regrets, no sorrow in your later years, no bitterness of the soul due to living with the consequences of going your own way. That path is found in the Word of God, His instructions, His commands for righteous living that pleases your Lord and Savior. That's one path. The other path is the one that ends in destruction and and sorrow and a mind and heart consumed with regrets and bitterness. It can make your childhood and teen years and young adult years, how does he put it here? Empty, vain, wasted. That was Solomon's perspective. 
You know, he looks back at his life and he says, man, I had so much potential. After God blessed me in ways that I could have never dreamed and things that I had in my fingertips and the opportunities and the privileges I had in my childhood as a young adult, as a young king, all those things are right there. So much potential. And I let it all fall apart. I rejected the wisdom of God. I don't want to have anything to do with God and his word. I, I may have heard it. I may have sat in church. I may have, I may have been under the, the preaching of the word of God, but I didn't make it mine. I didn't make it personal. I didn't live it out and apply it to my life. And now I have found myself in my old age, and I am bitter and regretting many of those decisions. Hey, teenager, can I tell you tonight, don't be a Solomon in your old age. Don't be a Solomon. Don't be the kind of young person that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, you start to have gray hair or you have no hair. And you look back on your life and you're like, man, if I'd only done that, boy, what Pastor Tony preached in youth group, what we heard in church services, what my Sunday school teacher said, and, and I didn't do it, I didn't live it, I didn't apply it, I didn't make it my own, I didn't make it personal. And all you have is regrets and sorrowful existence he describes it here (laughs) remove sorrow from your heart can i tell you now listen to me very carefully when the sorrow over regrets and bitterness of life has found its place into your heart it's going to be hard to remove it how do you remove it by the decisions you make in your childhood your youth as a young adult that's what solomon's saying here (laughs) don't be like i am Don't get to where I am in life and have all the regrets and the the sorrow and the bitterness over life. Go back here. When you're still in your childhood, retain the knowledge of your God. You will stand before him in your young age. Remove the sins and the, the wickedness. Get away from that. Don't have fellowship with those things. So down here, sorrow isn't your constant companion. Don't let it rule and reign in your heart down the road. You see, my friend, this other path, it's a path found in going your own way. It's the rejecting of the counsel of your parents, your God, His Word. It lives for the fulfillment of lust and desires for the things that are not good that are of the flesh. How do you know you're on this path? Well, it chooses the temporal over the internal, the sensual over the spiritual, the wicked over the wise. The counsel and advice here is simple. Do not miss it tonight. You say, well, Pastor Henry, I don't, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to be a person who has regrets and lives in sorrowful uh, sorrow and, and, and bitterness of heart and soul. I don't want to be like that. Well, you know what? As a child, you can make a decision. As a teenager, as a young person, you can say, you know, I, I want to make sure that I don't end up there. How do I not end up there? Well, follow what he says. Rejoice in your youth. Retain the knowledge that God is your judge and remove yourself from sin. Remove yourself from the the wicked and the evil. Remove yourself from the wicked and evil things of life right now so that you can remove the sorrow from your heart in the future. In the future. So take care of it now before it's too late. Your rejoicing in your young age can only last if you retain the knowledge of God's judgment of all you do. And you remove yourself from sin while keeping sin out of your thoughts and your doings. Now listen, young person, okay? Teenager, would you look up this way? Hey, teenagers, look up this way. Children, look up this way. You have a privilege of childhood in this. You have very little responsibility right now. 
You look at me and say, Pastor Henry, I gotta, I gotta clean my room. <laughs> I gotta make my bed. I gotta take out the trash. I have so much responsibilities. <laughs> Wait till you become an adult. Wait till you become a father and a mom. You want to talk about responsibilities? Wait till you have. Uh, you have to pay utilities. You have to pay a mortgage. You have to take care of a car. If the tire goes flat, you can't call your dad or mom. Okay, so you really have very few responsibilities. In other words, things expected of you. But listen to me right now, okay? Children, listen, teenagers, and certainly adults too. Your greatest responsibility right now, now don't tell mom and dad I said this, your greatest responsibility right now is not making your bed. However, it falls under your greatest responsibility. You know what your greatest responsibility is right now, teenager, young person? Do right. Do right. As Patch the Pirate would put it, do right till the stars fall. Do right. Just do right. Now that would include making your bed. That would include obeying everything that mom and dad say. Just do right. That's your greatest responsibility right now. Be thankful you don't have the responsibility of taking care of family, uh, of taking care of financial things to a greater degree, responsibilities of a work and a job. Be thankful you don't have that right now. Uh, Or if you have a few of those as a teenager, be thankful you don't have more. They're not greater. But this is your number one responsibility. Do right. Do right. Do right. And what does do right look like? Well, I'd put it simply this way. You remove yourself from sin and remove sin from your life. Remove yourself from sin and remove sin from your life. What does that look like? How how do I remove myself from sin and how do I remove sin from myself? Okay. Well, it starts with a repentant confession of past sins. Okay, Father, I'm sorry today. I, I did, Mom told me to do this, and I didn't do it. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have any sin in my life where I disobeyed Mom or Dad, and I, I didn't do what was right. I, uh, Father, forgive me. I got angry with my brother or my sister today. I, I shouldn't have done that. That was not right. Father, would you forgive me? Repent. Confess those sins. Let's get them out of our lives. That's, that's the first part. And that's how we remove the sin from ourselves. And then the next part is what? Renewed commitment to stay away from sin in the future. And that's not right. I don't want to do that. Hey, I shouldn't look at that on the computer. I shouldn't look at that on my phone. I, I, I should. They're talking about that. I don't want to have any part with that because that doesn't please God. I don't want to think on that because that's not pleasing to God. We remove ourselves from sin. He's encouraging you and I to remove. Get out of there. Sinners entice thee, don't give in. Run away from it. Renewed commitment to stay away from sin in the future. It all starts with rejoicing in your youth, realizing the blessing that it is, and rejoicing in it. As you rejoice in it, you retain the knowledge of God as your ultimate judge. One day you'll stand before him and give an answer. Then we see, remove. Remove myself from sins and sins from me. And now, do something a little different. For the sake of the sermon and to continue the thought of this message, we're going to ignore the chapter breaks that were put into Ecclesiastes thousands of years after Solomon penned this book. And so doing so, we see the final imperative that he gives us in this thought. Look with me, Will, if you will, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. Notice it, you'll see the fourth imperative. It's a great outline he gave us. It says this, Ecclesiastes 12, 1, remember... Now, thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not. Isn't that wonderful? You remember the innocency of childhood? Nor the years draw nigh. 
okay? You ever have a child, when you tell them your age, they go, whoa. I get that every once in a while now. Okay? Nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm just ready to go to heaven? You know what? I don't make small of this, and I don't make a jest of this, but there's been many a saint in our midst who on the edge of eternity have said to a loved one, I'm ready to go. That's really what this little verse speaks about in the end here. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. This earth holds nothing for me. Oh, I'll miss family. I love family. and I love, But I'm ready to go to my Lord. I'm worn out. I'm weary. I've done all that God has called me to do here on earth. And I'm ready. See, he says, listen, remember, it's too, it, it, you say, well, there's deathbed and, and these people who on their deathbed look back and they regret and bitterness. Hey, my friend, that is not the time to remember your creator. It's the wrong time to start thinking about God. It's the wrong time to start thinking about eternity. It's the wrong time to start saying, I better get serious about eternity. My friend, that's not deathbed. When has he said, remember thy creator when? In thy youth. Remember it in youth. When you're young. When you still have time to do something about it. When you still have time to make decisions and commit yourself to living as God would have you to live. That is the the last statement here. We rejoice, uh, we retain, we remove, and last but not least, we remember. It's a simple encouragement, but it'll make all the difference in the world in one's life. What is that? Remember God right now. When you're young or whatever your age, you're here tonight, you're older, and maybe there's some things that you haven't remembered God (laughs) says about or talks about or has something to say about in his word. Boy, it's a great time to start remembering your creator. No matter the age, but especially those in youth. Don't stop thinking about God and what he wants in your life. Solomon went through a time, and here's the key. Do not forget, miss this. Solomon is, a, is an interesting case study of, of mankind, okay? Because here he is. He's, he does well early on. David has just imparted him a love for God, and uh, God comes to him and gives him wishes of, uh, what do you want? Do you want to be rich? Do you want this? And he, he chooses wisdom, a fantastic choice. God blesses him with all the other things. And, and he is walking in tall cotton. Life is wondrous and great. He's doing wonderful. But the time comes. And God had warned about the kings early on. said, listen, be careful. You take wives from other countries. They'll lead your heart astray. And that certainly played a part in it for Solomon. And the reality is this. Somewhere along the way, don't miss it. Solomon forgot God. He forgot what God said. He forgot the ways of God. He forgot the word of God. He forgot the wrath of God. He he, he forgot the wishes of God. So when he writes, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, may I just tell you he's writing it with a a great heart load of sorrow and a great amount of regret. Hey, my son, you ought, you ought to remember this because I did not do well at this. There's a time, and I said it just a moment ago. You say, what did this time look like? And he suffered terribly because what did it look like? Four things, as I just mentioned. He forgot God's word. That he forgot the instructions of life and joy and happiness. The very, the very things. These are the words of life, joy, and happiness. That's Christ. 
That's the Word of God. He forgot those things. He forgot the ways of God. He, he forgot that there is a, the path of righteousness and the path of wickedness. Uh, following your own heart. What seems right in your own eyes. He, he forgot God's ways. He chose the other path. He also, as he wrote about here, he forgot God's wrath. He forgot that he was going to stand in judgment and give an account for everything he did as a child, everything he did as a teenager, everything he did as a young adult, and even as a, an older adult, he had forgotten. Certainly at this point, he is reminded, I'm going to stand before God and I have wasted much of my life. And he forgot God's wish. What is God's wish? Our loving God wants you and I to enjoy and reap the blessings and goodness of God in this life and the next. That's God's wish for you. He wants to work all things together for your good right now. But it certainly depended upon you and your fellowship and relationship with him. See, this is not a good place to be. He's speaking from a heart not full of joy and happiness and contentment, but he's speaking from a heart full of sorrow, regret, and bitterness. So to remember our creator in the days of our youth, it includes what? Don't forget God's word. Don't forget God's ways. Don't forget God's wrath. And don't forget his wish for you. He wants the best for you. He wants you to reap every blessing in the goodness of God that you can imagine. But there's also one thing, and young people, listen up, and I'm done. There is one thing also very crucial if you're going to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. And interestingly, it is Solomon who wrote about it. At the end of the book of Proverbs, here's what he writes in Proverbs 23, 26. He says this, My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. And focus in on that first statement. My son, give me thine heart. Now, can I ask you a question? Tonight, have you given your heart to Jesus Christ as your Savior in salvation? I hope you have. If you're here tonight, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I hope there's a time where you've given your heart to him through faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's important. That's the first step. Let's establish a relationship with God through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, However, let me also ask you this. If you have done so, have you given your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord? Through what we might call sanctification. Through what we might call saying, okay, God, your path is better than anything I could dream of. Your path is greater than anything that I could come up with. Father, I, I want to follow your path, not mine, and I want to give you my heart. I think we all here know what it means to give someone our heart. You see, when we give someone our heart, we can never forget that person. We, we never stop thinking about what they think. We never stop thinking about what they enjoy, what they are like, what they like, uh, even what they want of us or require of us. When someone has our heart, when we've given it maybe to a spouse or, or even more, your children, you love your children, your grandchildren, a, a different type of love and yet a great love. Boy, you, you can't in some sense start, stop thinking about them, what they want, what they need. And you, boy, when you give somebody your heart, we know what that's like. So here's the question. Tonight, have you given your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord? My son, give me thine heart. My friend, when you do that, that means every day you'll remember the creator in thy youth.
You'll put him first in everything. You'll make sure that what he cares about, you care about. What he loves, you love. What he hates, you hate. See, when you do that, it makes these things so much easier to do in your youth and even in old age. Solomon is a man of great wisdom. We know that. He is also a man, now don't miss it, he is a man who was given special wisdom from God, but he is also a man who gained wisdom through experience. And God allowed him to write it on his behalf for you and I to pen it for him. And God is speaking to you and I tonight, and he's saying, here's some advice. Hey, child, children, teenager, teenagers, young adults, Here's some good advice for you. Rejoice in the days of your youth. Don't wish them away. Retain the knowledge of God as your judge. Be aware. Always think, I'm going to give answer to God for all the things that I do. And then remove sin, would you? Would you, would you get rid of sin in your life and remove yourself from sin? Would you confess it, run from it, flee from it? And then last but not least, remember your creator. Never forget his word, his way, his wrath, his wish for you. And the best way to do all of it and to remember you a creator is routinely, constantly, frequently give God your heart. Don't take it back. Don't give it to something else. Give God your heart. And my friend, when you do that, you'll grow to an old age. Your heart will not be full of sorrow, but of joy, happiness, gladness. Our Father,